There's another one you don't want to hear. Frankly, neither do I. Hello and welcome to episode 53 of the Power Chord Hour podcast. Thank you so much for checking this one out. Very excited to be here with you as always. I'm your host here, Anthony Merchant, with another episode and a very happy March to you if you're listening to this when it comes out. Uh, you know, as we start March, I thought we would look back on uh, February, look at the music that came out and everything with our February rundown. I know I missed the, uh, Janu- the uh, January one uh, while we were on break. But uh, by the time we got back, I'm like, well, that's kind of useless. So uh, we moved on. But uh, I, I probably, I'll tell you this. I don't know, I guess, ever, like music news and stuff. I don't know what I would have talked about. But uh, I will say you definitely would have heard a song off the Dirty Nils Fuck Art 100%. as my favorite album of the year so far. And uh, something really good has to come around to uh, take that out of its place. And uh, I would have played that. And, ooh, I'm, you know, I'm forgetting what else came out that month. I think Lucero, actually, because I was trying to remember. Lucero did, because I was going to play something off their new album, and then I forgot it came out like two days, I think, before February, like something like that. So it just missed the mark. So I didn't I didn't want to play anything on here from, uh, you know, I want to be technical. I want to make sure it's from the uh, month. I don't want to lie to you fine people is what I'm trying to say. But uh, I uh, am excited to be here with you with a February rundown, and uh, I can't believe now, I mean, this is our, fuck. I mean, we've only missed one, so I mean, I've been doing these since uh, January of last year. Uh, yeah, it's insane to think, but uh, I won't get too much into that. I know last week I was talking about that, the fifth anniversary of the show and everything, but uh, yeah, still blows my mind. I had to redo the uh, intro to this, actually, because when I uh, did the whole, like, you know, welcoming you all to this beautiful podcast, I uh, said it was episode 52, and uh, that is actually a lie. It is episode 53, so uh, I blow my mind sometimes, and I look at the episode numbers. Same same with when I put the, uh, if you're not following us on uh, Facebook, you uh, should, because that would be very cool, or like us, I guess that would be the uh, term for Facebook, but if, uh, if you want to give us a like on there, but uh, when I when I put the uh, episode playlist on our Spotify page, I, I put up everything that I play on the radio show, or at least what Spotify has. And uh, when I do that, I'll like put a link on our Facebook page. Normally, like Saturday mornings, you know, the, the day after the show, and uh, you know, I'll write out the band names and the songs I played in the order, and then I'll put like the episode number and stuff. And I always have to go look because I forget. So I'll always have to go back to the playlist of my iTunes that I made that week. And uh, look, and it just always blows my mind. Like uh, last week was 224, I believe. So, you know, I mean, God damn. It, it's still like it's so funny. Like we've had Jason Camacho on this show twice now, yet I'm still like in this. I'm almost in the same mindset where I think like episode 100 wasn't that long ago. And our our, our 100th episode, it was, it was two years before the podcast started. But uh, that had Jason Camacho of Audio Karate, one of my favorite guests here on the show. and uh, But, like, I still think of that as, like, being fairly recent. And it's like, no, like, that was that was two years ago. You know, that, that was, uh, you know, we're, we're over 100 more episodes. We're double now, you know. So, uh, yeah, it, it's crazy to think. But, yeah, when 300 hits, I'm sure I'll still have that mindset of, like, it's still like, you know, episode 130 or something, even though by that time, like by episode 300, we'll probably have Jason on, you know, like two more times or something. 
But uh, yeah, who knows? I, I love doing this though. Uh, including in the pandemic gives me something fun to do. And uh, something I do like going back to the uh, Spotify playlist for a second. Uh, if you're not following us on there too, I, I, if you can't tell, I mean, I guess I am being kind of a uh, baggy. I don't know if baggy is a word, but a uh, baggy is like a Ziploc baggy. But uh, anyways, I, I am begging, I guess, a little telling you to go follow or like us on Facebook and uh, follow us on Spotify and all that. But anyways, I do power record crash course playlists. You probably know that if you listen to the show, I talk about them. But uh, the other day I did a saves the day one and that was really fun. That was that was one where like I just because I, I do them with 17 songs. Like I have to stop at 17. That's what I always tell myself because I'm like. Because if you don't, all I'm going to do, it's it's not going to become Power Chord Crash Course. It's just going to be Anthony puts all his favorite songs that he feels like putting on that night. You know what I mean? It's like, and, and then it's going to be, also, it's going to become very biased because it's like, obviously, you're going to put more songs off like your favorite record. So it's like, which is fine. I mean, I, I probably still do that with the 17 song thing. Like with Saves the Day, it's definitely uh, Stay What You Are and Through Being Cool Heavy. But uh, I, I fit a song off all nine of their studio albums and uh, also, I mean, the two classic B-sides, I'm not even going to say what they are. If you're a Saves the Day fan, you know what the hell they are. I don't have to tell you. The two biggest, what are the two biggest Saves the Day B-sides and maybe two of their, like, best songs? Like, they're up there, you know, Saves the Day, I don't feel like they have as many B-sides and stuff as Alkaline Trio, but I feel like they sit up there with Alkaline Trio as a band who puts out B-sides that are, like, better than most people's A-sides. Like, they're very good at that. But, uh, you know, it, it was fun doing the Power Chord Crash Chord playlist. Uh, I mean, Saves the Day is one of my favorite bands when I think about it. And it's like the thing about them, too, is is I think they have a lot of what some bands have this. Weezer has it, the Get Up Kids, Saves the Day, where it's not that they don't write good albums later on in their career, but it's like you wrote such like, like it's a gift and a curse because they end up writing a couple records or one or two. You know what I mean? Like there's like an era of the band where it was so good, it meant so much to people that even though you can still write good things after it, that gets shadowed by it. You know what I mean? And not only shadowed, but then normally people will start comparing everything you do to that. And the other thing, too, is when I speak of like, or <laughs> that sounds so weird when I speak of eras, uh, you know, like when I'm talking about like an era of a band, it tends to be their first couple records. I mean, all those bands I just said, Weezer, Get Up Kid, Saves the Day, I mean, 100%. I mean, if we're talking Weezer, Blue and Pinkerton with the Get Up Kids, uh, Four Minute Mile and Something to Write Home About, uh, with Saves the Day, Can't Slow Down Through Being Cool and Stay What You Are, you know, like th- those couple records where like, you know, and they and all of them, I mean, Weezer, <laughs> Weezer's a little more questionable, but I mean, that they did write, I will say this, I I will and I retroactively did cuz for up until the last few Weezer records I did like them like like later Weezer records but retroactively as I've gotten older I go back and I can't really enjoy some of the ones that I did before like Ratitude is not something I but I also look back and I feel like I may have made myself like them when they came out you know what I mean because I held Weezer at such high regards and they were I did consider them one of my favorite bands at one point and I mean they still are a band that I love I mean they still hold them very high up but again, like there's a couple records that you really hold very high where it's like you may love that band, but like there's those couple records even that just make them, you know, your favorite. It's not even over volume, you know, like the replacements. I love all the replacements records like I honestly do. The last two I love just as much as I love the uh, first two. I mean, just, you know, and, and I'm being honest, maybe maybe you go bullshit, but I do. I truly mean that. 
But, um, you know, with a band like, say, Weezer, I can't say that the same. I don't love their discography equally. You know, that, that's basically what I'm saying. There are some bands where I equally love their whole discography, where I'm like, it's solid the whole way through. It's great. And, like, Saves the Day is one where, and I, I think they are all pretty good. I mean, like, they're another one where there are good songs throughout. Like, because the other thing, too, is, like, not not for nothing, but, like, I think later on there's a couple records where, like, they're albums. You know what I mean? Like, like they're, like, the songs are even written for albums, I would say, in a way where they don't make as much sense by themselves. That's why I really liked the Saves the Day, the self-titled record. Like, I thought that was so good. Like, that was such a rat. It's not even a return to form, really, because it was very, it was even a poppy, like, kind of, you know, really, that is probably like their poppiest record, but it was this great direction where like they, it was more song oriented where like with that whole, like with the whole trilogy thing that they did, like, I think it was neat and there were good songs on those records, but I will even tell you this, like playing saves the day on the radio show. Like a lot of times I will play the older stuff and it's not just because, you know, I mean, through, I would say through being cool is my favorite record of theirs. I mean, stay what you are. It's tough. I mean, because that I almost I almost want to say I love them equally. But through being cool, there's just that energy because can't slow down is great. But I mean, obviously, they sound very much like a lifetime ripoff. And I mean that in the best way. I mean, they sound amazing. Like if you, it's kind of like with the Goo Goo Dolls, where when I say they sound just like the replacements, like they're a per, like their old stuff's like a replacements ripoff. I mean, yeah, it's kind of a backhanded compliment, but it's like I do truly mean it. I don't mean it in a bad way. You know what I mean? Like it's not derogatory. Like I love Can't Slow Down. I love Lifetime. So why wouldn't I love that record? But I think through being cool, they found their own. You know what I mean? Like they kind of found their own. I think Chris really wrote. I mean, that those are some of his best lyrics on that record. And I think they hit a stride with like, I mean, like the energy was there. You know, I think there were eyes on them. It was like every everything was just good. You know what I mean? And they had some. They had a few years behind them, so they were you know like a little more well oiled and everything. And uh, but I mean, stay what you are too. An amazing. And again, it's like an amazing record. But it is it's a different. It's a different feel. Like like through being cool. Uh, I think I said on on our Instagram page the one day. Like I have a I have a tradition, and I don't know where it, when it really started. Sometime in college, whenever I got my car. But, uh, you know, I, I talk about it on here where I live in uh, Jamestown, New York. I, I mean, you really don't get shows around here. People don't come here and play shows. I mean, every, every there's been a few throughout the years, but I can count the shows I've seen in this county on both my hands, I would say. But uh, a place fairly close is Cleveland. I mean, fairly close, two and a half hours. But, I mean, fuck, if you want to go see a band, which I do, I will drive. If, if I like your band enough, I'll drive two and a half hours. And including in college, I loved that. It was a good. That was a pastime. If non college, fucking driving to Cleveland or Buffalo or Erie or Pittsburgh to a show, and uh, and good times. You know, good times I still cherish. And uh, including now, now that uh, I haven't been to a show, and goddamn, I mean, I I didn't go to one at the beginning of 2020 either. The last one uh, I saw was in Minneapolis. I think it might have been. I've talked about this on here, so I mean, I, I don't want to keep repeating things, but like, I think it was Bob Dylan, if I'm remembering. It was probably I probably said the same thing last time too. I can't remember, but unless there's one I'm forgetting, I think Bob Dylan was my last show, and that was in Mankato, Minnesota, in like late October. Oh no, you know what? That's a lie because I saw the Menzingers the day before Halloween, the October 30th. So, yeah, yeah, okay. No, so I take that back. 
And I may have brought this up too. If that's the case, <laughs> I've probably talked about this and it's just me having a revelation. But, uh, and I apologize, my arms, I'm just repeating shit then. And uh, we will move along. But uh, I think the Menzinger, they were the first show I saw there when I moved to Minneapolis at the Varsity Theater uh, on my birthday, on my 26th birthday. And then they were the last show I saw before leaving Minneapolis. And they played October 30th at the Varsity. That was my first and last show, the Menzingers at the Varsity, if I remember correctly. And that was my last show since since shows were a thing. You know, I mean, I mean the online ones. But, I mean, I don't, I don't, you know, that would be an interesting thing. And like, like hit me up, let me know, let me know about this. I would be interested in what other people say, but like, I mean, live streams are those, do you consider those concerts in a way where you would say, like, let me put it this way. If you were in a conversation with someone and you saw the, you saw this band or artist during a live stream during quarantine on your computer, but you've never seen them live in con like live in concert, you saw maybe, and maybe even the stream was live. You're watching on a computer. Do you consider that a, a show? I mean, and I guess as I was saying that a live show, like, but do you consider that? Because I don't know, like, like I've seen a few people, <laughs> I've seen a few people perform. I've seen a few people perform who uh, I've never, you know, like during this whole thing online and I've never seen them like live in person. So I really, maybe it's me just being like really fucking OCD or something, but like, I don't know that I'd consider that like seeing them live. You know what I mean? I really don't know if that if that counts because really, I mean, even though it is live, like you only really know that because they say it. I mean, otherwise, what's the difference between that and watching like a live video on YouTube? Like, like I almost, you know what? I almost feel like it that way. Like I almost feel like saying you saw a band live because you saw them on your computer like live or paying for a live stream or, you know, like one of the ones that were pre-recorded. I mean, that's that's a pay-per-view or something. You know what I mean? Like that's not really a, a show per se. I wouldn't say you saw them live, but uh, I don't know. Let me know what you think about that. I mean, that might be just so fucking oddly specific and maybe it's just me being a weirdo, but uh, yeah, like let me know what you think of that. But yeah, getting back to uh, saves the day. However, I got down that rabbit hole. Uh, you know, I, I had so much fun putting those 17 songs together and uh, just throughout their career. But really, like I was saying, like with their, with their trilogy, and there are there are like some songs, and that's that's one of the things that I had trouble with, including I think I would say Daybreak the most is not very cohesive if you listen from song to song. There's a couple songs, and I forget which one I put on the playlist, but that was like probably one of the most like song you could put on a playlist or a mixtape or that I could play on the radio show and it makes sense. Cause there's a lot of songs on there that I don't think really make sense without listening to the whole thing. Whereas that's what I liked about Saves the Day self-titled was that, I mean, you can just put whatever song on and it's just really, you don't have to start at track one. You know what I mean? And I think normally I like that more of the record, at least if it's something that, you know, if I'm going to play it on the show or I'm going to, you know, li- listen to or whatever. And, uh, and you know, and through being cool, I mean, that's the other thing, like with that energy, you know, my, my uh, ritual of uh, driving home from shows, uh, Cleveland specifically, I mean, I guess other, I'm sure I did other places too, but Cleveland specifically, uh, driving home and blasting through being cool on the way home from Cleveland. Always the first record. The, like, I mean, I'm, I listened to tons of other stuff too. I didn't listen to it on repeat for two and a half hours because it's a short album. I could listen to that fucker like six or seven times on the ride home and, uh, you know, and even be able to stop at the Waffle House. But no matter what, that would be the first one I played on the way home. And uh, it was also cool because I, I saw Saves the Day play uh, through being cool there 
on that uh, tour they did with Say Anything and Reggie in the Full Effect. That was also the show. It's funny it took me that long because that, that tour was in 2014, I believe. Yeah, 2004. It was like December of 2014. Might have even went into 2015, but I saw them 2014. And uh, I saw them. It was cool. I saw it back-to-back, that tour in Pittsburgh, and then the next night in uh, Cleveland. But uh, seeing them play through being cool, and I love Is a Real Boy, too, and Reggie and the Full Effect. Even though they didn't play, they were supposed to play, I forget which one, I think Under the Tray. They were supposed to play front-to-back, but they didn't have enough time. It was kind of fucked up. Like, they were signed to the tour to do, like, an album anniversary thing, same with Saves the Day and uh, Say Anything, but their slot was not long enough to do the whole thing. So they played like a good chunk of it, but then mixed in others, you know, so it was just basically a, uh, you know, regular set list. I mean, it was still great. I mean, the, you know, uh, Reggie and the full effect is always a, a really fun live show. That is always a good time. Uh, I think the older ones are even crazier. I've only seen them, uh, after he, uh, revived the whole thing, but, uh, I think even the older shows were more, were even more crazy and more theatrical and stuff. And even had like a, you know, sometimes somewhat of a, of a, but you know, I, I guess I should use the term budget loosely, but, uh, you know, for costumes and whatever other weird shit James would bring up there. But, uh, yeah, that was cool seeing them play through being cool in Cleveland. And at that show is when I really discovered, like, yes, getting there early is a good way to get up front. But another way – now, again, this has to be a show where you can mosh and, uh, you know, and there's a circle pit. You probably can't do this if you're going to see Yanni. I don't know that you'll be able to, uh, to like, you know, pit your way up front. But that's what you do. Is when there's a circle pit going near you, kind. I mean, don't go all the way back. What you do is you stand basically at the back of the mid, like at the very end of the middle, not going towards the front, but going more towards the back. You know, kind of, kind of back, kind of middle, but where you're on the outskirts of where the pit will be. Jump in that pit now, like run, run, like it's basically what I'm saying is it's like a a, a roundabout you know, fucking round your ass through and then good. And then just stop. You know what I mean? Like, don't keep doing it. Just go through until you're where you, you want to be towards the front and then just stop there, be on that side. And then you just walk through. I mean, cause a lot of times the end of that pit ends up being like up front. So like, I remember there, like, cause it was a crowded show and I ended up getting there a little late that, uh, I wasn't right up front, but I ended up and really, I didn't even do it for that. Originally. I just was, I just jumped in the uh, pit cause it's just fucking, I love that record so much. But uh, when I did it, I realized that because, like, as people are pushing you and shit and you're losing your spot, I was actually upgrading it to a better spot. And I was, like, center front, basically. Like, not right, right at the barricade, but, like, a few heads back. Um, Totally amazing. And then they did a surprise set afterwards at the Grog Shop, which was really, really cool. Uh, Reggie uh, Reggie did some songs by – or James. James did some songs, I want to say, by himself. Yeah, he did. Solo. Uh, as a as a cop, I believe I have to look for those pictures. As a as a he had he had stripper clothes on, as a really skimpy uh, uh, cop, and that that was fun. And then saves the day played a set. I don't know say say anything did it, but Max Bemis was there and he jumped up for uh, for a song or two. And I remember them covering Hotel California too. I do remember them doing Hotel California, which was uh, I don't know. I, I'm not a fan of the Eagles. I might even talk about that on our Unpopular Opinions episode, but I'm not a fan of the Eagles, but they did make it enjoyable. I, I did like it because it was saves the day. 
So, and I think Max Bemis might have been up there for that one. I could be wrong. I don't think I have video, but I do have pictures from that night. So I could at least kind of, you know, and who knows? I'm sure the other thing, too, is I'm saying this, like we don't live in a world where you couldn't just go look up like Saves the Day Grog Shop December 2014, I believe, secret set or whatever, and like find probably someone recording the entire set. So, you know, that's why I don't worry so much. Like I don't. I'll take some pictures and videos sometimes it shows like, you know, just something to kind of throw up on our page. But like really, I'd say before like doing social media for the uh, for the power cord hour, like I really don't take many. And actually, I still don't because I take like a short video. Short I'm just picture, more of just like stop. in the moment. Plus, the other thing, too, is like it's not like I brought a nice can. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, iPhones don't have a bad camera, but like I'm not really going to get the most amazing shots to begin with. And, like, again, it's not like you really look at them. Like, so I'm like, I, I don't – that's just not something I really need need a lot of pictures of. You know, like, like if I had – if I had a photo pass and I had – like, I have, a, I have a nice Canon camera. Like, I mean, if I had, like, a photo pass and I could use my Canon, like, oh, yeah, like, that, then I would. But, you know, just taking pictures on my phone, I'm like, I'd rather just enjoy it and, uh, you know, just remember it. Same with, like – I mean, and I used to buy a lot of merch. I don't buy much now, but, like, ticket stubs are such a great, like – you know what I mean, like if you have a ticket stub and it's like if you don't get merch because like, you know, eventually a shirt will get faded or you won't fit it anymore or like, you know, whatever, whatever other silly merch item you end up buying gets lost or donated. It's like a ticket stub, including for me, because I like to be as minimalist as I can. And it's like a ticket stub fits in a little tote. You know, you can fit hundreds of them in a small little. And I'm not even talking about like like one of the like regular size totes. I'm talking about like the ones you hold in your hand. You know what I mean? Like the like three inch tall four inch tall ones you know i mean you can fit hundreds in those and uh yeah so i mean that, that's become like my i think like my favorite thing just taking from a show because because i'm a cheap bastard because <laughs> it costs nothing and uh you know i mean unless unless you lose that tote or uh you know someone burns them or some shit i mean you basically have them forever you know it's not like they're a hard one to uh you know like bring around and stuff they're not they're not very heavy or bulky but yeah i mean if you can't tell from the direction of what i'm talking about i definitely do miss uh live shows but i will say i mean just recently i'll be very honest i mean i promote live streams on here and shit like you know if a band's playing i want to support it but like i really wasn't into them for quite a while shout out to quarantunes that was the only one that i really ever like checked out for a very long time but now I'm more interested in them lately. I've been I've been watching them probably because I miss live shows more and more. And again, but and here's what I will say: like I'm not shitting on them when I'm saying like, oh, like it's not a real show or anything. But what I do like, at least with I will say, this might be more exclusive to Quarantunes. I mean, there's probably a lot of them that aren't as interactive. But Quarantunes is so fun because it's interactive. So it's a thing where like it's good music and shit. But there's also, you know, like great conversation and a lot of different things going on on there. So it's like it's it's more of like a I mean, it's like a live it's it's kind of like a like variety show in a way, like a live on your computer variety show in a sense. And like I like that format, you know what I mean? Like that kind of format I like. But uh, lately I I have been getting a little more into them. I've been enjoying them uh, more than I was. I'm just still not like I got to I still got to check out that Jimmy Eat World and Starline one. I would probably pay for those. But like a lot of them, I'm just like I'm not paying twelve dollars to watch a a stream on my computer. It just doesn't interest me. Like including now, again, maybe if it was more interactive and there was a bunch of stuff going on with it. But it's like if I'm just paying that to like watch a live set that is like 
kind of just like watching live set on YouTube. I'm just not, I don't know. I'm not as much into it. I, and I don't mean to sound like an asshole. I mean, cause again, it's like, if it's your thing, it's your thing. And I also think you support the bands. Like, I mean, I'll, I'm also not stupid. I realize that's a way to support the bands, but, uh, yeah, I, I definitely don't think they're a replacement for live shows, but I don't, I don't think they're terrible either. Like I do think they have a place. And I think even when, uh, you know, all this goes away, I think they'll still have a place. I don't know if it was on here. I was listening to something, but hearing people talk about how, uh, you know, even after the, all this is over, just still live streaming concerts as they go on, you know, like as you're, you know, the concert can be live. And then if you're not there, you can still watch it live as it's going on, you know, like professionally, because obviously that's happened before, but like, you know, with more money behind it, where like the streaming and stuff is really, really good. And, uh, you know, a lot more caught up. So that would be neat. You know, that would definitely be neat if uh, that comes once shows come back. But I wonder, too, and uh, I'll talk about it more later because I have a little piece of music news that kind of goes with, with uh, you know, the whole thing. But, like, when I when I think about it, I have heard some people talk about shows coming back this year. And, uh, you know, I mean, I would love for that, too, but I really don't know that I see it happening. I see it. Here's what I'll say. I think you'll start seeing it more. Because also, as I say that, there have been live shows. But I guess when I say live shows – not socially distant, no face mask, you know, or even maybe if there's a face mask, you know, like basically a full capacity show, not something where it's like you have to buy tickets in twos and threes and like, you know, you have to be like in these like reserved spots and stuff, like nothing like that, like kind of a more beginning to go back to normal. I could see that maybe happening at the at the end of the at the end of the year, like end of fall, like really I'm talking like November, December kind of thing. Maybe not late summer, early fall. I could see it starting. When I say starting, like again, maybe even kind of like that where it's like there's still live stream online, but maybe there's, you know, with no, you know, maybe face masks but not six feet apart, they can have like 50 people there or something, you know, at the actual show. Like, I mean, I I, I don't know. It's a, it's a weird one. It'll definitely come back in, in like, it's not going to come back 100% just out of nowhere. It's going to come back, I think in steps. So, I mean, that's kind of my thing. I don't see them being the live show that we all know. Cause people also like, Oh, they'll never be the same again. It's like, you know, bullshit. It'll go back to, we'll have sweaty live shows again where everyone are up against each other and shit. Like we're never not going to go back to that. Now it's not going to happen right away. I'm not saying that, but I mean the idea that like, 10 years down the road, even five years down the road after this is all over, not even right now, but I just mean once pandemic's over, once things are more, you know, kind of, you know, more in place and going better, you know, whatever that means, um, you know, kind of starting at that time, you know, five years after that or, or whatever, I I think at some point we're just going to be like, oh yeah, like, no, we'll just go back to that, you know? Cause I have heard people be like, oh no, they'll never be the same again. And it's like, I, I think that's also just like, almost like that, like it like grabs your attention. Cause it's just so much, Oh, oh my God. Like they'll never be. And it's like, I know, I just don't think that's true. I don't think it'll happen right away. Like I don't, I really don't know that I would want to go to like even my favorite, like dive bar right now and see a show, like thinking of going to like Mohawk place in Buffalo, a place that I love, like going to see a show there right now where it was just full capacity and everyone was up each other's ass and everything. And, you know, it's just such a small place. Like, I don't think I'd want to do that, you know, like at all. Like, I don't, I don't think that particularly, I would feel probably very weird about it. You know, like I I think most people would, but uh, yeah. 
So I don't know. I could see maybe at the end of the year. And again, I'll, I'll probably talk about this a little more later because there's a piece of music news that kind of goes about that. But uh, yeah, you know, I, I'm, uh, I've not been doing a whole lot kind of cold where I'm at this week. So just kind of inside put together that uh, saves the day power chord crash course. And uh, while it may not be very punk, I have been getting back into Rush lately. I uh, not not that I'm like out of Rush or hate Rush, but I liked them more as a as a younger man, <laughs> as a younger man. But uh, probably I'd, I'd say more in my teenage years, I was more of a Rush fan. And uh, I, I mean, again, it's like not even fall out, just don't listen to so much. But uh, I've been listening to, and not just Rush, but my ass listens to the commercial stuff. Uh, a lot of like moving pictures. Uh, like that record and uh, you know just kind of the various hits through the years and uh, you know a few of the few of the other records but mostly mostly moving pictures I'll admit but uh, listening to that a lot lately and uh, I don't know they're they're I I mean I've always thought of I mean I, I think most people do whether you like them or not like they it's like having three people who are the best at their instruments in one band like I mean like Neil Peart was like the greatest drummer you know, I mean, Getty Lee, the greatest bass player, and like Alex Lifeson, who I think does get credit, but not enough actually. Of everyone in that band, probably the most uncredited uh, person. And I, I notice that more listening to them now lately. As, as I go back and I listen, I go like, what I think when they're best is where Getty Lee and Neil Peart are like kind of doing this, kind of doing their prog stuff. You know what I mean? Getting a little more like complex, but also locking it. I mean, really nice groove going. But then over that, you have Alex Lifeson just fucking, like, riffing over it. And he actually has really good guitar tone, too. There's some of those songs where I got to say, like, just really good, like, rock guitar tone. Like, just really not not a bunch of weird, like, pedals and stuff. Like, just very just, like, squealing with the solos and stuff. I, I think he's a very underrated guitarist the more that uh, I get back into them. Maybe I lose punk points for that. But uh, I don't, you know, though, as I say that, it's like I've, I've probably played things on this show and on the radio show that would make me lose more punk points than uh, saying I like Rush. But fuck yeah, Rush is, uh, Rush is a good band. Go listen to, go listen to Rush. And, uh, and the spirit of the radio, too, that's a, that's a great song. That, that gives me a little, uh, a little warm tingle in my heart, you know, when you go listen to the uh, lyrics of that. Just kind of the, the like heyday of radio and everything. And when it was like in a, in a better place than it is now. But uh, I won't go down that. I could talk about that forever. But what I will talk about now is the albums released in February. We're going to get to the uh, music. And, you know, there there were some stuff and some good things, too, actually, released this uh, or last month, I should say, in February. But what I like, and I'm happy that we're in March now, which is also crazy that we're in fucking March. I can't believe that. But um, this is, I really feel like when music starts, like, as, as far as new music coming out, this is when I think it really starts coming out. Like, you know, January, February, you get, you get things obviously rolling. It's being in the new year. But, like, March and April is, like, when it starts really coming out. Like, I always feel like when I look at, like, my favorite albums of the year, most of them come out the next few months. And it's not even anything I think special about those months. It's just people release so many, so many albums come out during that period that like, you know, a lot of my favorites just end up coming from there. But uh, album's out in February 2021. No Effects put out single album. And I got to be honest, I mean, I got to listen to it a little more. I don't love it. It's not my uh, not my favorite No Effects record on first uh, listen. But uh, I feel like I maybe, I'll give it a better, I'll give it like a more serious. Because I'll say too, like self-entitled, I don't remember caring for a whole lot the first time I heard it. And now it's one of my favorite No Effects records. But I did really like the last one. I definitely don't like this one as much as the last. 
But, uh, you know, I'll, I'll give it another chance because I, I do love no effects. The Fat Mike's voice, it does sound, I will say, and I mean, you know, giving the man, you know, I'm not giving him shit. I realize he's, you know, however, I, I believe in his early 50s now and been doing it since the 80s. And, uh, yeah, I mean, his voice kind of sounds strained on it. I don't know if it's just me, but his voice kind of sounds a little strained. But uh, Mikey Erg, self-titled, you got to go check that out. It is his uh, self-claimed return to pop punk and uh, really, really good stuff. Mikey Erg is always good. Mikey Erg, no matter what the Ergs, whether he's playing with someone else, whether it's his solo stuff, he's an, he's always a good one. Sincere Engineer dropped their second single of the year with Tourniquet. Really, really good song. And uh, they, they have said new album coming out this year sometime on Hopeless Records. Don't know when, but uh, definitely one of my most, might be my most anticipated of the year. Uh, Ron Bithian's still my favorite of 2017, and I, I still listen to that record I'd say at least once a week, probably more than that, but at least once a week. The Hold Steady with Open Door Policy, which I'll play something off that later. I'm always excited for new Hold Steady. I mean, they're just one of those bands where if they're going to put a record out, I got to go listen to it. Um, I mean, just the they're just I mean, they're legends at this point. They've been doing it long enough. I think we can uh, we can call them legends. Uh, I mean, it would be. I mean, hell, their 20th anniversary is coming up. I think the next few years. I mean, I, I don't think they're there yet, but I think. I want to say like 03, 04 maybe they they started. So a couple more years, they'll hit that 20 mark. And another one at it, very long time. They're well past their 20 mark. But the Melvins just put out a new record, Working With God. Uh, Devin Kate and the Solutions with another single. I talk about them all the time on here because they're always, they put out a full length and then have released tons of uh, singles, of covers, a bunch of different things. And they just put out another single, Frustrated People of the World Unite. Go check that out. Very, very catchy stuff. Really good. And, I mean, I've brought up uh, on here before, but if you don't know, Devin K is also the guitarist of a direct hit, another very, very rad band. Who uh, they've been? I think they put out a few demos lately, which uh, might be teasing towards something new. I'm not sure, but they're another one I wouldn't mind a new record from. It's uh, it's been a little while. Uh, Green Day put out a new single as well. Here comes the shock. Not bad, kind of. Uh, Kind of more on the rock side, like their uh, last record, but I don't hate it. I mean, I, I don't think it's their greatest song ever, but uh, not a bad song at all. I mean, I would definitely uh, say go check it out if you're a Green Day fan. Blue Channel put out This Is A Drawing, which I want to say I could be wrong. It is a reissue, but I believe it was an unreleased record and uh, finally being reissued on a Mint 400. I know they put out a another one uh, before. I don't know how many. I was actually on uh I did not know of Blue Channel until they put out uh, their other one. I can't remember the name of the album. I've played songs off of it, too, on here. But uh, they put it out for their 20th anniversary last year. I believe it meant 400. I don't know how many other albums they have, but are, are like basically reissuing their back catalog. And they're a really good band to go check out. I mean, if you've never heard of them either, they're a good like early 2000s punk, pop punk band. And, uh, yeah, you should go check that out, Blue Channel. This as a drawing. And uh, I believe they might be on Bandcamp. And a bunch of other places, too. You'll find them on there, and you'll find their uh, last one as well. Glitter, which is uh, Ned from Title Fight, a band which I miss very, very much, uh, just put out another great record, Life Is Not A Lesson. And uh, this is his second record under the Glitter name. And uh, I love it. I mean, honestly, it's it's not, and I'll play something off that here in a minute, too. It's not straight up like Title Fight. And I always say that. It's like he doesn't sound, it doesn't sound like a continuation but I don't feel like it's totally off. You know what I mean? Like, like I feel like there's at least elements of it where if you were a fan of, of Title Fight, you would be a fan of this. I mean, it's not the same in the sense of like the speed of the songs or the energy, 
But, uh, you know, I mean, whether it's his vocals or some of the, like, chord progressions and, like, even really, I mean, you know, I mean, you know, Title Fight definitely experimented with guitar tones and sounds, including on Hyperview, and uh, he does a lot of that with a glitter. So uh, definitely recommend checking out Life is Not a Lesson. I'll play something off that here in a minute. Tri-State put out Doom Loop. Uh, Cat Calling put out Breathe, which is her single, and she's going to be putting out her uh, her debut EP, I believe, uh, this month, I believe March 15th. I just saw it a minute ago on uh, Facebook, and uh, I, I totally for, I'm totally blanking on the date, but I think it was March 15th. So uh, that's coming out very soon. You should go check out that, uh, that single and get ready for her new EP. It'll be very cool. X just put out Extras, which is a two-song a uh, little EP from the Alphabet Land sessions, which is kind of neat. Uh, nothing, nothing too new there. Anything crazy, but again, I mean, if you're an X fan, they're neat to listen to. I mean, any new X is good X, including from uh, you know if they're songs from the Alphabet Land sessions, because that was just such a good record. And uh, the Antagonizers ATL just put out their record Kings, really, really good punk rock. And I'll let you hear that for yourself right now, because I'm going to play something off of that. Right now, here is Antagonizers ATL with no rest for the wicked. Right here on the February rundown of the Power Chord Hour podcast.
This is Chelsea from Stress Dolls, and you are tuned into the Power Chord Hour. That's a ringtone Blasting out through built-in speakers Like it's bug spray Buzzing like a hornet halfway blown If you're still in Pennsylvania I'd advise you not to leave Take some nickels from the fountain Make your friends and fall asleep Let your sins be of a mission I wish you wouldn't engage with all these creeps Cause they're never gonna love you That one specific way that you want them all to love you Here on the February rundown of the Power Court Hour podcast, that was the Hold Steady with Family Farm off their brand new record, Open Door Policy. Before that was Glitterer with Didn't Want It off their brand new record, Life Is Not a Lesson. And opening up that block of music was Antagonizer's ATL with No Rest for the Wicked off their brand new record, Kings. 
All right, I got a couple things for music news for you. AFI, this is kind of exciting, have announced the release of their 11th record, which is titled Bodies, and it's going to be out on June 11th on Rise Records, and it's going to be the band's very first release on Rise, which is very cool for that label. They seem to be getting some, like, I mean, AFI is a pretty big band when you think about it. They've been on a lot of, like, major labels and stuff, but Rise has grabbed a few bands who kind of went the major route and were pretty big, and uh, and it's just surprising. I don't know why it is anymore because they've been doing it for a long time. So, I mean, they're not as small of a label as uh, I guess I sometimes think of them are, which is very cool. You know, I mean, I mean, props to them. They signed some really good bands. But uh, the album was self-produced by guitarist Jade Pudgett. And the band has released the first two singles off the record, Looking Tragic and Begging for Trouble. And they're going to be released on a limited 7-inch here coming very soon. So uh, check out that. Check out the video for Looking Tragic that is now on the band's YouTube. And uh, I like it. I got to say, I, I really enjoyed the uh, – I haven't heard Begging begging for Trouble yet, but Looking Tragic, I did watch the uh, video for that and heard the song. And I actually really liked it. It was kind of – it was uh, kind of the, like, poppier side of AFI, but also, like – like, I don't know. It's not a straight-up pop song, but, I mean, it has that, like – and when I say pop, kind of like the – new wavy kind of more 80s pop that like afi does you know i don't i don't think they do so much like modern pop but they do kind of more of that like 80s inspired but also in a really good way because it's like afi doing it you know what i mean so it still has that like punk tinge to it and uh i i like it you know they're one of those bands where actually i know they've changed a lot over the years and, and like i don't know maybe maybe other people don't but i forget that they've been a band for like I think they've been a band, if not as long as I've been alive, almost as long as I've been alive. I mean, I think their debut record came out in like '95, and that was just a debut record. That you know, that that's not the year they formed. So uh, you know, like through all those years, you know, they they've went through those different eras of the band and stuff. And I, I really always enjoy it. You know, like even up to this now, it's kind of like a replacements thing where it's like, yeah, you know, they start off as more of like the you know like more punk or whatever. But it's like I I, I like the way they mature. Not all bands do. Some bands start out that way, and the, the direction they take, I don't enjoy. But uh, you know, I, I can't complain too much about AFI. I always you know I'm I'm not like the world's biggest AFI fan either. Like in the way we're like you know I listen to them tons and tons. But I'll buy. I always buy their records, and uh, I always like them. I got to say, I, I always like whatever they do. They're uh, they're pretty good at keeping it it fresh. And I, I don't know. I mean, I feel like hardcore fans obviously are going to say that they uh, like everything they do. But I don't know what the general consensus is on. Uh, you know what I mean? Like how people feel. Obviously, there's people who like like the punk stuff, like the first few records, who don't like Sing the Sorrow and December Underground and shit. But like, as far as like some of the newer AFI records, I don't know where they sit with like fans of of the uh you know even like december underground and uh you know like crash love and stuff which crash love is probably the most underrated record i uh i do like that one if i do say so myself but uh the first wave speaking of more uh, news the first wave of bands have been announced now for this year's punk rock bowling and uh the festival plans to take place september 24th through the 26th this fall and uh, the first wave of bands have been announced, and they include Devo, The Circle Jerks, Streetlight Manifesto, Youth Brigade, uh, No Effects, Luna Chicks, The Lawrence Arms, Anti-Flag, and more. And the uh, festival will be taking place in Vegas, and all previously bought tickets for the canceled dates will be uh, honored. So if you did buy them for the last one, and uh, they will be honored for this one. And the full lineup will be announced in April. Now, obviously, if you can't tell, this is probably the uh, this was the news story I was talking about earlier. You know, I 
I mean, fingers crossed for him. Cool lineup so far. Um, it will be cool to see uh, next month what the full lineup brings. But uh, I just don't know that September is going to be, you know, it, I just don't see it happening. I mean, I mean, if you're a festival, it's one of those things where I think you just kind of have to. You know what I mean? Like, no matter what, like, you probably just do that because it's a yearly thing. It's like if it ends up, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll kind of plan it. And then, I mean, I don't know all the behind the scenes. I don't know how it works. Maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong and it's not, it's not. It's highly risky and you lose a lot of money doing it. But I would imagine that if you do a yearly thing like that, I totally get why you would still plan it and have things ready. But, yeah, I, I don't. I don't know that I see that happening now. Now Nevada, though, I guess it does also plan on that. I mean, I think I guess it also depends on restrictions of the places. And again, I mean, it will probably be some kind of socially distant thing. I, I haven't been to it. I mean, because again, there have been live shows through this, but I, I haven't been to any. So it's like I don't know how a lot of them end up. I mean, I know ones that have been seated, but I, I don't. I don't know about ones with like. I would imagine punk rock bowling won't be seated. And I don't know how that works, I guess, six feet apart from everyone. But, I, I mean, again, you know, the weirdest place that would probably be, like, the smaller venues. Because I know they do, like, those sideshows of, like, the dive bars and shit. And, like, you know, it's not so much if they're playing, like, a bigger, like, outdoor area. But, you know, like, some of the smaller bars and stuff is, like, I mean, if you can only hold so many anyways, it's, like, if everyone has to be, like, you know, spread apart and stuff, it's, like, you know, I wonder how many people you can actually uh, – bring in so again i mean fingers crossed looks like a rad lineup and uh that's that's one of those festivals i put it up there with fest is uh one that i really like to go to at some point in my life i have never been but would very much like to and uh you know yeah and i i don't know i was i was thinking about that too i don't know if riot fest plans to this year i don't know if they have uh intentions to or not but again like i, I get festivals still being hopeful and putting things out and stuff but i'm just not i'm just not super uh thinking that that we're gonna see that happening you know maybe i'm wrong maybe i'm wrong but uh yeah i don't know i don't see it going down and one more piece of news for you here billy joe armstrong and jason white of green day their uh, side project pinhead gunpowder has announced that they're going to be reissuing all of their full lengths and singles on vinyl through one two three four go records and uh, the plan is to release the whole catalog in five segments throughout the year and uh, into next year as well. Kind of like Bad Brains is doing with theirs, you know, where it's kind of like in these like, you know, like waves where it's like, okay, we put like three out now. We put another three out in like six months or whatever. But uh, the first wave will be coming here, coming up April 30th with the re-releases of Jump Salty, uh, Trundle, and the Spring 7-inch. And uh, all releases will be remastered. And also in Green Day related news, the uh, network uh, recently had their uh, live television debut on Tonight with Jimmy Kimmel, which uh, that's kind of cool. And, you know, allegedly Green Day, but I, I feel like even if that's not Green Day, <laughs> it's connected enough where we have to, you know, we, we, we have to uh, talk about them on here. But yeah, I uh, I'm I will have to check those out because I do like Pinhead Gunpowder. And if you've never listened to them, I mean, they're really, really good. They're they're a much like i guess i mean not 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 that green day you know including on older records aren't a punk band but uh pinhead gunpowder is like even more just a straight up kind of punk rock band and uh i've i've always loved what i've heard but there's a lot of parts of their discography that i haven't checked out and i definitely realize that even more looking at the list and like the five waves of that they're dropping these there's a lot of uh, material that i've never checked out from them so i'll definitely have to go check that out for sure 
that uh that that's one where i i will take it i will uh i'll have to take a advantage of a re you know of the reissues of those um you know though i guess i could do that without it because i'm not really collecting vinyl anymore and uh so yeah i'm not really interested in the vinyl so much just listening to the records so i guess if anything it just makes me realize i go listen to all those pinhead gunpowder records that i missed um but yeah i like them they have a really good uh I want to say, oh man, it's Aiken to Be, I think. They did a cover of Aiken to Be, which is really, really good. Um, I believe it was them. If it wasn't them, it was another Billy Joe Armstrong side project, but I'm like 100% sure it's a Pinhead Gunpowder cover or song, you know, them them covering it. But uh, yeah, I love a good replacements cover and uh, I love a good punk band and they are both of those things. I think they did a split too with uh, Dillinger 4. I could be wrong, but I think, I want to say they uh, did at least a split with D4. They 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 did something with them. I can't I can't totally remember. But uh yeah, cool band either way. But uh yeah, that's our February rundown kind of short and sweet, but so's the month. And uh once again, happy March to you or whenever the hell you're listening to this. Happy whatever month you're listening. And uh check out the show online. We're at Power Chord Hour on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram. Go check out our Spotify page. I put up playlists from what I play on the radio show every week on there, and also those Power Chord Crash Course playlists and a bunch of other random ones. I put up some for the podcast sometimes. But, uh, yeah, and check out that latest one, the Power Chord Crash Course for Saves the Day, one of my favorite bands. Check that out. Uh, email me, powercord at gmail.com for uh, free stickers and uh, just to get a hold of me for anything if you want to, you know, I mean, I, I definitely asked a few things like questions this episode. So if you have answers to said questions, hit me up, get some stickers. Uh, you know, I'd like to hear from you. I'd like to hear from anyone on here. But, you know, you can also hit me up on social media if you want. And also, if you rate and review the show on iTunes, Send me a screenshot, and uh, I'll send you a free T-shirt. We got some Power Chord Hour T-shirts left, and uh, I'll gladly send you one for helping out the show. It really does help the show out, too. It does help spread the word if you uh, if you uh, do go rate and review it on iTunes. I guess it get there's like more visibility and stuff on it. I don't I don't get that side of it. I just produce this thing. I know how to work a board and talk into a microphone. Outside of that, I don't know shit. <laughs> but uh but yeah, that's about it for this one. I've had fun. I hope you enjoyed it. I have some very rad interviews lined up. I won't I won't uh spoil them slash look like an idiot if they fall through by uh teasing them now. But I will say I have a couple really some people I'm very excited for. One that I, I can't believe it's taken five years to have on and uh, another who is, I mean, written one of my favorite, like, newer bands, a member of one of my newer favorite bands. So, uh, yeah, I, I guess that's all I'll say until then. But uh, more than likely, you will hear one of those next week. But, uh, yeah, we'll be back with a guest next week. Uh, hopefully you enjoyed the last two solo ones. I, I like doing them solo, but I also like getting back with the guests. So that's what we're going to do now. We are back. You know, I'm back from break. Everything's back and uh, going, going back to uh, – you know, hundred percent. So we're here and uh, here every week for you. Also, the the uh, radio show too. Every Friday night, ten p.m. Eastern to uh, midnight on one hundred seven point nine WRFA in Jamestown, New York. But you can also listen to it anywhere in the world. Stream the station on wrfalp.com. Check it out there. Go follow them too on social media. Great radio station. I also record my podcast most of the time here in the studio. It's a very rad place. They play rad things, and they're very nice people for letting me have my show the last five years. So uh, really without them, you know, this podcast wouldn't exist because I was doing the radio show f- four years prior. So, yeah, definitely, definitely would have had the podcast without the radio show. 
But anyway, uh, check that out. I play lots of uh, good stuff. At least I think so. Give it a listen and then email me and say, I will never listen to that again. You play, at, le- at least on these rundowns, I only have to listen to three songs. On that, you played 30 bad songs, you know? So also listen to, to be critical, you know? But uh, yeah, until next week for the Power Chord Hour podcast, I'm Anthony Merchant. Thank you so much for listening.